It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and thank you for joining me this morning. I'm going to start off with a story that any of you living in Chicago might be familiar with, and those of you who visited Chicago prior to over a year ago before we locked everything down may be familiar with it. For those of you who are thinking of coming to Chicago, it's perhaps a sign of the times, and so it's not a great one, but there's hope. And I I always like to talk about things where there is hope. So a couple weeks ago, and we've had a number of absolutely spectacularly beautiful days. On one of the earlier ones, I uh, went downtown. Like many of us, I hadn't really been downtown in a long time. And I paid to park up at the North Avenue Beach. And for those of you who are thinking of coming downtown and using the beach, Better bring some extra change uh, to park at the beach for two hours, $22, and it goes up from there. Anyway, I parked, and I got out for a, a walk, and there weren't a lot of people about, but there were certainly more than there have been. This was just after the, the city opened up our beaches so you could actually go and drive to the beach, and I think word was maybe not out yet, but it was a, just a beautiful late afternoon. So I did what I've often done. Throughout my life, I walked south towards Oak Street Beach, and when I got to Oak Street, I turned around and went north and walked up towards Fullerton. Now, remember, our beaches have been closed. The lakefront has essentially been closed for a year. One would think, but then again, this is Chicago, one would think that during that time, there was ample time to fix all of the broken concrete, the rebar, the huge gaping holes that have been left by the lake over a period of the last 25 years or so. No, not at all. The Chicago lakefront is in shambles. And I was told by an individual at the Corps of Engineers, well, part of the reason nothing's getting fixed is we're waiting for the lake level to go down. We could be waiting a long time, folks, for the lake level to go down. Yes, we were at all-time historic lows uh, eight years ago. Well, nothing was done to fix the lakefront during those many, many years, basically from the mid-90s, until about 2012, we had consistently falling lake levels. But I didn't see, and I'm sure most of you didn't see, lots of crews out trying to fix concrete, fix rebar, rebuild revetments, walls. We didn't take advantage of that. And now we have a record or near record high lake level. And we have a, we have a lakefront that is structurally unsound. And it's, it's just shocking that in this past year, when there was, there's been no use of the lake, that the city of Chicago couldn't get its act together to fix the things that are broken and that make it extremely dangerous. I can predict what's going to happen here, and I think many of you can as well. The beautiful days of summer are going to come, and you're going to find areas cordoned off or with, with construction tape. Can't go here. You're going to find barriers. Can't walk here. You're going to have bicycles going up and down the lakefront, and suddenly you're going to have to get off your bike, and you're going to have to do a detour because there are gaping holes in the concrete along the lake. I mean, there are places 
where if you're not careful, you could actually disappear. That's not an exaggeration. The, the walls along the lake at, at, at North Avenue, that retaining wall in places, has holes that are a couple feet wide. You have to jump across them. And if you don't jump, you're in real trouble. So I think it's just it's unbelievable, first of all, that we let this happen. We're taxed plenty. It's how we spend the money. And the Great Outdoors Show has always been about advocating for outdoor recreation because the quality of the outdoors is directly tied to the quality of life. If you have a lousy environment in which to live, outdoor environment, you've got a pretty lousy quality of life. And in Chicago, we have this magnificent lakefront. It is the jewel of the city and our parks. It's why Chicago has thrived as we built up tourism and we encourage people to live downtown growing up in the city. You couldn't get near the lakefront as a kid because it smelt of alewives so poorly, so terribly in the summer. You were, you know, it was, it was just toxic. And we had alewives washing up on the beaches. I mean, they were, they weren't inches thick, they were feet thick. And that's what led Bill Cullerton and others to say we can fix this. And that brought about the introduction, of course, of the, the, the once flourishing salmon industry because they ate alewives. And we cleaned up the lake and zebra mussels are, you know, have wrecked havoc, but they've made the lake a lot cleaner. All this time, we have been bringing tens of thousands of more people to the Chicago lakefront. We have made it the spring, summer, and fall destination of Chicago along with our lakefront parks. But we have ignored the long-time infrastructure needs. And so Mayor Lightfoot and the city council, you actually, you have a heck of a job to do because if the lakefront is unsafe. And I would say right now, there are really significant stretches of the lakefront that are unsafe. You're going to deal with people who are mad. We've been cooped up, kept away from the lake for almost a year. We want to use our lakefront. And people are going to be shocked at the amount of decay that has taken place in this past year. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. When they go to the lake, they're going to ask, what were we doing for a year? What an opportunity we had. Obviously, money was being spent in other areas, but maybe this isn't a priority. I would offer on the Great Outdoors show for all of you listening, this is a really high priority. Chicago is in tough shape. We know that. Our convention and tourism businesses is in the tank. The convention business, well, it, it may well never come back to anything close to what it was. So we're going to rely more and more on tourism, which means more and more people, if they come, coming to Chicago to enjoy the lakefront, and they're not going to like what they see. And when people start getting hurt, that travels quickly. Or just the sight of broken concrete everywhere. Not pretty. The sight of grass just with, filled with water, with potholes that have never been fixed. Sidewalks crumbling. It, it's, it's inexcusable because this is how Chicago financially, in large part, is going to have to survive. We're going to need tourism, and we're going to move it on a bigger scale than we've ever had it before. And we can plant all the beautiful tulips we want on Michigan Avenue. People don't walk on the tulips. They're nice to look at. People walk up and down the lake. They run up and down the lake. They ride bikes. And when it's unsafe and you're flattening a bike tire because you hit a piece of rebar sticking out, or worse, you break your tire because you went over a, a, a big crack, or somebody falls in and breaks their neck on rebar, or kids, I mean, it's not, it's not out of the question based on what I saw, I've seen over the past couple of weeks. It's not out of the question for a little child to actually become lost in some of these holes. We've got to do something. And hopefully, 
the literally millions of people who come to Chicago and use our lake demand that this become a priority. And for the health of all of us who love the outdoors, who have been shut out of our parks and off our lakefront, I think we have every right to demand that this is a this is a pri- the highest priority for the city. We we have to fix this, or we can forget about the tourism. We can forget about the things we need for Chicago to recover, and it goes a long way towards defining our quality of life. So, Mayor Lightfoot, if you're listening this morning, and I know members of your staff listen because we hear about it, I can't urge you strongly enough. We need to fix the most precious jewel Chicago has. We have to fix our lakefront. The infrastructure is falling, crumbling before our very eyes. This is our highest priority, and whatever else you think is a higher priority, tourists pay the tax bills in Chicago to a large extent. They're not, gonna, they're not coming, and they won't come to see the city if our lakefront falls apart, which it is. And for those of us living here, we pay enough taxes as it is. We deserve a world-class lakefront, not something that looks like it was built a century ago and no one's paid attention to, and that's the way it looks right now. I'll be back in just a moment with more in the great outdoors, and when I do, I'm going to talk about butterflies, and I'm going to talk about cranes, something that soar in the air. Thanks for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago in America, 720 WGN, and first a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert. Sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and hope you're enjoying the show. So we're going to go from the urban decay of Chicago's lakefront to high in the sky. Did you see them? That's my question. Did you see the sandhill cranes heralding the arrival of spring last week, moving up our river system? In the Fox River Valley, it was unmistakable. I was out walking one afternoon, and I heard you can hear the cranes long before you can see them. I mean, they are several thousand feet up, and they are several miles away. And you hear their shrill call, and and you just stand and listen. And cranes don't migrate the way ducks and geese do and other birds that will fly in bees in a straight line. They, they really migrate with the thermals. And with the big south winds we had, they were migrating. And it is the unmistakable, unmistakable sound of spring. Just as in the fall, it's the unmistakable sign, sound of summer's end, days growing shorter, and ultimately winter. 
In this case, it's just the opposite. Our days are growing longer. And by the way, of course, we went forward one hour. So if you didn't move spring forward one hour, I'm letting you know right now, spring forward one hour, or you're going to be an hour late today. So they move in flocks of 30, 50. Seldom do they move more than a couple hundred at a time. But there's one flock after another, after another, and they're all headed, in this case, north-northwest. And when I was out and saw them moving up the Fox River Valley, it's just, it takes your breath away. And you stand and you stare, and eventually you can see that speck in the sky. Birds that are traveling north, they'll end up in the boreal forests of northern Saskatchewan, Alberta, some of them Manitoba, though most of them Alberta and Saskatchewan. And it's a site that every year actually grows stronger. And on the contrast, we're seeing a complete collapse of smaller bird populations. And I'll talk about butterflies in a moment. But on the other side of the ledger, we are seeing an ever-ending, never-ending increase in sandhill cranes, in geese. The big birds in the top of the food chain are doing really well. And the sight and the sound of those sandhill cranes lets us all know spring is here. We may still have some snow, probably will. But overall, we're out of the woods. Hopefully, we're out of the co- coming out of the COVID woods, and we're going to have one great spring in Chicagoland. Switching from the soaring of cranes, I have to talk about what simply is the shocking demise of monarch butterflies. And if what I'm going to say for the next couple minutes doesn't get your attention, um, hopefully uh, over the next few weeks we'll be able to. There's nothing, really nothing in nature in a way more peaceful than butterflies. They don't make any noise. They don't leave any residue that we're aware of. They're beautiful. And they flip and they flip by you and they don't, you know, they're just, they're just a part of you when they fly by. When's the last time you saw a big group of monarch butterflies? You need to remember it because you might not again. And that is, saying that crushes me. I saw a few years ago in southern Illinois, the south is the northward migration of monarchs. In the morning, early, with a, with, a, with a frost on the trees, I walked by this, this, this tree, and I thought, and the sun was barely up, and I thought, wow, those leaves look kind of funny. The tree looked like it was just laden. And I walked up to it, and there were tens of thousands of butterflies all huddled on this tree with their wings outstretched not moving. And as the morning, and I stayed there, and I stayed there for about two and a half hours, and I talked about this a few years ago on the radio. And as the sun warmed that tree, they stretched their wings further, and their wings dried, and then bunch by bunch, they took off. And within about a three-hour period, there wasn't a monarch butterfly left on that tree. And they all headed north to find the next spot they would stop. West of the Rockies, Butterfly populations are believed to have declined, I think, by up to 90%. The magnificent 
wintering grounds in Mexico. They measured butterflies there by the acre. There are acres and acres that don't have butterflies. It's a collapse. The monarch butterfly east of the Rockies is doing better, but it is not doing well. And we know why. It is the sudden disappearance of milkweed, which is the sole source of food for caterpillars. We cannot have butterflies without caterpillars. And we can't have caterpillars without milkweed. They starve. The broad application of insecticides and pesticides in the last 20 years, the changing of these, of these chemicals, for whatever reason, has, has been incredibly bad for small insects. I don't call butterflies insects. I call them majestic. Has been incredibly bad for butterflies. And the loss of, of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of acres of milkweed from agricultural lands across America is, is the demise of the butterfly. Without habitat, they can't survive. It's like anything else. Without a roof over your head, you're not going to do very well. Well, the butterfly is not going to do very well if it's sole source of where it comes to lay its larvae and then where the caterpillars cocoon and then hatch and live. It's gone. And that's what we're seeing. So it's not agriculture's fault. People are obviously trying, as we talked last week with Orion Samuelson, they're doing the best they can to make a living. But we have created some kind of toxic chemical mix that is poisonous and is killing all the milkweed, which may increase, increase agricultural yields. It does. Milkweed's a weed, obviously. Guess in your fields, yields go down. However, milkweed is at the center of the butterfly's ecosystem and therefore is at the center of our ecosystem. Butterflies are disappearing. We can save them. I never end the show on a negative note. The positive note is all we need is milkweed and we'll have butterflies again. It's something that's worth thinking about and trying to figure out how we can have more milkweed. Because without milkweed, that flitting butterfly, that beautiful monarch, it's going to be a sight that you're going to remember seeing and one you're going to miss. Thanks for listening this morning. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America. 720 WGN. I'll be back next Sunday morning with much more on the great outdoors. Have a great week and the great outdoors.